Yo, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Alex and Koku podcast. I think we're on episode 14. 14. Um, I'm Koku Asuma, your gracious co-host. And I'm Alex Lewis. Happy to be here. <laughs> this isn't Jeopardy. You don't have to. <laughs> it's not Will of Fortune. You don't have to. <laughs> Happy to be here, Pat. <laughs> All right. So today our... Questions are Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, yes. Um, ice cream. Whoa. I love, I love both of these things so far. Bootcut jeans. Uh, third time's a charm. <laughs> Lemon bars. Ooh. And I'm looking around my room. <laughs> these are all just these are things. All, these are all things. And a uh, lip balm. Ooh. Hold up. You just got stray lemon bars hanging out in your room? (laughs) Just a stray lemon bar. Hear me out. (laughs) I went to a bakery earlier today and got a little little treat. Which one? It's this gluten-free bakery in Bexley. Okay. Um, I think it's called Cheryl Bakery. Okay. Um, C-H-E-R-O-U-G-H. This man's eating Cheryl. I, I, you know, I just want to give myself a little treat. I, I, was, I was a good boy today. So Yo. I was like, let me get this lemon bar. I deserve a little treat. Exactly. Ooh. So I got this lemon bar. I've been waiting to eat it um, after this. So. Yo. That's, that's a great reward. <laughs> it's a great reward. I, I finished the final exam. Oh, man. So I'm like, hey. Yo, throw, throw some applause in the back. Hey, hey. <laughs> clap track. I waited for someone to clap. <laughs> I got scared. Um, but before we get into the proceedings of things, let's talk about what you've been listening to this week. Yes, let's yes. go through a couple artists that we like, we don't like, that we happen to stumble across, and let's share with each other. Yes, what we've been listening to. So. The uh, the main thing that I have been listening to, I know we're going to get into uh, during this episode, so I'm going to skip on that for now. Ooh. But I had texted you, Koku, yesterday about this four high school albums trend mm-hmm. that was going around, and it got me thinking. Like, what was I, a young Alex, mm-hmm. listening to in high school? And I started listening and remembering back to uh, Never Shout Never. Have you ever listened to them? Mm-mm. So Never Shout Never. It is this, I want to say band, but maybe it's just a solo artist. This guy, Christopher Drew. But he has this really high, like childish voice. And it's kind of like punk pop, I guess. But it's songwriting is like just super corny mm. uh is it like like five seconds of summer type yeah i that's probably a good way yeah it's like it's it's pretty much like i, I had a friend in high school who like made me a, a mixtape with like a bunch of their uh-huh. music on it that's sweet and i would uh 
like I probably wouldn't have listened to him otherwise, but it's just like, it's, it was so funny just listening back and being like, damn, I really thought that this was good. (laughs) Like I thought that this (laughs) was hidden. It doesn't, it doesn't hold up at all. Uh, like it still has that, like, just like happy go lucky Mm -hmm. feel to it. So that holds up still, but it is definitely as corny as the, first day that i ever listened to it yeah i it's hard to go back to like like songs that you you knew you loved as a mm-hmm. as like a 16 15 year old but then you're like damn this isn't this isn't good right well i would take the lines and like put them as like my facebook status like, oh you know kind of sub it girls kind of thing like <laughs> come on girl I'm 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 an addict for your love, you know. <laughs> oh shoot! I'm a, did that ever work for you? Uh, the the subtweeting. Yeah, the sub the subtweeting. Nah, like they I never... would find like the the moodiest R and B song, like mm-hmm. "I Want to Know" by Joe, for example. It's <laughs> like drop the lyrics on Facebook, <laughs> and I'm talking about like one specific person. Exactly, because that never that never worked for me nothing, either. Ever. But I didn't know what I expected for them to like comment like, oh, this is about me. Or like, I don't right, know what, right. I don't know what like, I expected. Oh, this me? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like if they were sending a message, I, I don't know what, was I, was, what I was expecting yeah. from that. Or like they would never like like the post. Oh, I think that you hurts know? most. You know, it's like, damn, I didn't even reach them. <laughs> you know, you know what sucks? Like, you know, they like an artist. So you specifically tweet a lyric uh-huh. from that artist, uh-huh. and they don't even like it. It's like I know you were just po- you just posted this song, right? It's just hateful. That's hateful. That's spiteful, man. Anti-black. Anti. No, like my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> like my tweet. That's what we doing yo, this year. Yo, like my Facebook status, so like, I know it's real. Come on, please. Don't be out here faking. I know you saw it. You see me subbing you. you come on, <laughs> come you on. See? Sorry, sorry. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, to this like. day <laughs> <laughs> oh man how about you Coco what um, you been listening to I've been listening to uh, the internet I've been going back Ooh. listening to um, Purple Naked Ladies just trying to get yeah. into some just trying to catch up get into two of those old vibes yeah, yeah. Um, I've been listening to this band called Jungle they okay. have a nice, a nice, cool kind of indie indie rock vibe that I enjoy a lot. Anytime I listen mm-hmm. to indie rock, it always gives me this like sentimental feeling. It's yeah. like it's just really cool, kind of nostalgic for a time yeah. like I I never had, but like I can picture it so vividly. When I right, to right, it. right. Then, um, I th- of course, um, the person we're going to talk about later in the yes. podcast episode, I yes. listen to. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. I listen to Taylor Swift's Folklore Project. Ooh. Listen to that. The funny thing is, um, earlier in the week, or was it last week, I get a text from Alex. He says, um, prerequisites for the upcoming podcast. And I looked at it, I was like, damn, am I taking a test? So I was like... <laughs> Yo, re- required listening. Required listening. I was like, damn. I was like, he said, Taylor Swift Folklore and... Taylor Swift read because there's a lot of parallels between those two projects. 
And I was like, damn. I looked at both of the albums, added up the runtime. It's like two hours and 40 minutes of Taylor Swift. I, I, I tried my best. I listen, <laughs> I, listen to, I listen to, the thing is, I listen to folklore. But then when I went to go to Red, most of the songs on there were songs I've already heard. They're like songs like I've like heard oh, yeah. through like osmosis, yeah. like from people around me. Because um, that came out, what, 2013, 2014? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty, yeah, a few years back. A few years ago. And during that time, I was working at Domino's. And one of, the, one of my coworkers is a big fan of Toilet Swift. So anytime mm-hmm. we would open, she would play that. So like I like, was pretty familiar with a lot of the songs on there. Yeah, just from yeah, the yeah. title, so... I feel like I've got a a grasp on a good grasp. Yeah, on red. Well, what was uh what what was your general or even just like what's your general take on Taylor Swift? Like where do you stand personally? Okay. So my stance was I don't really I sound like I like I'm a like a, a, a dick, but I don't really like care for Taylor Swift. Like her music never like really affected me or her mm-hmm. as a person never really affected me. I'll, I'll put her in the same realm as like Megan Trainer and like, not, not like as like talent wise or songwriting wise, just like, uh-huh. they're just not in a, a realm of music I'll listen to. I got you. So like I was looking at, cause I was thinking about this, like, is it, is it just because I don't listen to her? Like I don't really have like a opinion or a stance or anything. Like, is that is this genre of music or type of music just not my cup of tea? And I was looking at Spotify's, like, you might also like, and I was scrolling through. I was like, okay, I don't really listen to them. Them, like Ariana Grande, she was on there. I like, I like Sweetener. I like the great. Album. I like, I like some of her albums. Um, they're going through. Um, not, not really too many people that. I'm. And like the, and the other people that were on there, I don't feel like a comparison. Like they had Beyonce and Billie Eilish. I was like, that's not really, yeah, in the same realm. Naming big artists, exactly. So, yeah, Taylor Swift is just like a, like a, a you know, I, I I can do with her, and I can do without her. Yeah, but I'd rather do without her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's why I said I can do with her without her, but I'd rather do without her. That's fair. Yeah. What about you? What about you? So I feel like I've gone through waves with Taylor Swift where like I wasn't really, you know, I knew about like some of her early music, but I was pretty much like kind of anti anything country at that point. Mm -hmm. So didn't really mess with her, get into it. But, you know, you'd hear songs come on the radio. So It's easy to pick up words and melodies and whatnot. Uh, And then, gosh, probably the, I mean, I really loved You Belong With Me. Yeah. That song is incredible. It's so good. It's so good. And the bleachers. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, Love that song. So that was probably the first Taylor Swift song that I was like, yo. This is actually a certified you, bop. You would play it, you would add it to your iPod. Oh, easy. Okay. Easy. And then uh probably the most like 
the most that I ever thought about Taylor Swift was at least at that at this point in my life was like with the Kanye yeah. Taylor Swift situation. And uh at the time, I think I already had sort of this idea of her that was like, yo, she's always on stage, like acting like she's surprised about getting awards, but like <laughs> she's not really like yeah. she's being she's being fake or whatnot. Uh and then stuff with Kanye happened and I was like, damn. He really shouldn't have done that. But also, like, Beyonce did have an incredible music video. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, it sucks that that happened to her. I don't really know what to make of all of this. And uh, then, obviously, after that, like, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy dropped. Like, it was kind of like peak Kanye fanhood mm -hmm. at that point. Uh, and then... You know, the stuff around Life of Pablo started happening yeah. with, like, uh, you know, with Kanye saying that Taylor had, like, approved of uh, some lyrics on Famous. Mm -hmm. She was saying, like, no, and there was kind of this leaked footage that came out. Uh, and then there was, like, another iteration of that footage that came out that sort of, like, kind of came back and said, like, no, like, Kanye was actually in the wrong. Yeah. So those, like, there's always been kind of this, like, Kanye-Taylor Swift relationship in my head. But listening to Red, uh, Red was probably the first Taylor Swift album that, like, I really just fell in love with mm -hmm. and was like, yo, this project is amazing. Because at that point, like, I just knew Taylor Swift as being, like, this country, you know, girl with a few songs that were hip-hop radio. But Red had, like, this mix of just, like, pop bangers, uh, ballads, some country songs, uh, and just the, like, the writing. One of the things about Taylor Swift that really stands out to me is that, like, she writes in such a way that listening to it, it feels simple, mm -hmm. um, but to actually write like that is really hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a, it's a challenge, you know, it's, it's, I think we would look at somebody like a Eminem or whatever and be like, oh man, the way that they write, like it's so, uh, you know, so detailed in the rhyme patterns and da, 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 da. And like, yeah, like for sure, that is super impressive, but I would argue that it's actually just as impressive to like be able to write a song that is like easily understandable and allows for like your audience to be able to see themselves in the lyrics that you're writing in a really plain way. Mm -hmm. um, and so Red, like, I think she made that really clear on that project. And then I didn't really get into 1989 or Reputation or even Lover, but with folklore coming back, I had just watched uh, a few months ago, like as quarantine was just starting, I'd watched the Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix, uh, which she had released right around the time that Lover drops. And it kind of goes through the process of making that album. And in that documentary specifically, she gets into essentially sort of her. Um, 
being like, Hey, like I've been silent on politics and, uh, you know, matters of equality for like long enough. And it's a privilege that like, I've been able to do that for as long as I have, but like, I have this huge platform and I need to take a stand. And so she had come out on Instagram endorsing uh, a few Democrats in Tennessee who are running against Republican candidates and, uh, and also had like called out Trump in that post. And um, it ended up, there was like this record amount of like people registering to vote uh, after she had like come out with, mm-hmm. uh, with that statement. And, um, you know, it's hard to say like how much of that was actually contributed, like how much of that she actually contributed to, but like, there's no doubt that like her statement had some level of impact and significant impact on like people registering to vote at that time. And so for me, like watching that documentary and obviously like documentaries are PR pieces and all that stuff. But it was like, it just kind of changed. I think I saw her humanity a little more, um, which made getting into folklore. Like it just felt different than some of the other albums that I'd listened to previously. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so what, so what, how do you feel about folklore as an album? I think that as an album, it's a really well put together project. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one, I'm glad that it's not super long because just personally for me, like it doesn't, I don't care who the artist is. Like I'm not listening to a 20, <laughs> yeah. 20 song album. Uh, so I was thankful that it wasn't really long. Um, I had ended up like watching Jesus and Marrow the night that it dropped. And then when that finished, it was midnight. And so I was like, all right, cool. The album's out. Let me go check it out. And had the hardest time <laughs> finding it on Apple music. Really? Like, right at midnight. Yeah. It was this weird thing where like, uh, they were saying like, it's not available in the United States. I was like, what the hell? Um, but ended up being able to get it like probably 10 minutes after midnight. Um, and so listened the next morning and, uh, was just like, damn, this is, I didn't really know what to expect. Like, I wondered if it was going to be kind of like a Casey Musgraves-esque album. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, it ended up being more, and it ended up being more Phoebe Bridgers-esque and not in the sense that like, I felt like she was trying to rip that style, but more so like, just, I think like, sound wise kind of the world that phoebe's music lives in like it felt like this album could fit naturally into that space and that Mm -hmm. i didn't get the sense that like taylor was projecting uh in terms of like trying to get that image across like it felt very uh natural which was interesting because for this album i feel like she got more into like other people's stories and personas other than like kind of, you know, it seemingly being about her own personal story. Um, 
yet it still felt, I think, maybe more personal than some other projects of hers that I'd gotten into. So as an album, like, you know, we can get into songs and all that stuff later. But like for me, as an album, as a cohesive project, like I, I've found it to be really strong. And it's something that like, in terms of the albums that have come out this year, it's one that I've been uh, not only excited to listen to, but I feel like it, you know, is one of the better projects that I've heard this year. And this came out like a, just a year after her previous project, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you think like there should be like, it was like similar to her previous project or was this completely different? Cause I know it's like kind of hard to like go off a project and make another one without having some similarities to it. Right. This felt like, and you know, I didn't listen to, I haven't gotten super into lover uh, from what I know. And even just like basing it off of the single me, which came out last year with uh, Brandon Yuri from panic at the disco. Like that song is very like, <laughs> very pop mm-hmm. and very like, just kind of, uh loud in your face like even the music video if you look at it like super bright colors like she talks about it in the documentary is being like you know she wanted it to be all these different like pieces of who she is and so making it almost like purposely feel chaotic um and i think in terms of like from you know folks that i've seen write about lover and whatnot like that project while it was like heavy pop, it also seemed to just like draw on a lot of different influences and different genres. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this project with folklore, listening to it and with the time that I've spent with it, it definitely feels more, uh, you get some of those country sounding moments and you get, uh, you know, and you may get a few pop sounds here and there, but it's very stripped down mm-hmm. and it feels very, uh, yeah, it, it feels, it feels like, whereas, you know, on other projects and with some of her bigger singles that have come out in recent years, like while they kind of tended to be sort of like this more is more kind of thing Mm -hmm. and like drawing on like a lot of different sounds and sort of this in your face style this time I feel like she very much went into you know probably I mean honestly like a similar place that Kanye went with Yeezus where it was like you know where he had like Rick Rubin come in and like kind of strip the album down Mm -hmm. more uh than some of his other projects I feel like uh, I, and I don't know the process that it went into Taylor making this, but it feels like there was most likely a similar thing that happens here where it was like, how can we strip this down to sort of the like raw essence of what we really want it to be? But, and you were saying, so what are the parallels between this and red? Yeah, I, I think that, and honestly, like for me, I think some of the parallels are, are personal okay and like red was the you know red is like the only other taylor swift project that like i've really been able to like 
connect with on a deep level and that I've really given myself the space and the time to be able to do so. But I do think that there is like a, um, you know, Red did have, uh, while it did have kind of more pop moments with like, uh, I knew you were trouble and we are never ever getting back together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you did have some of those stripped down moments with like all too well, which I'll go on the record as saying is like probably Taylor Swift's best song, like mm-hmm. Par none. Uh, but, you know, also with the everything is changed track with Ed Sheeran and um, there's just a, to me, Red felt very, felt very personal in a way that I hadn't been able to feel with other Taylor Swift singles or um, songs that I'd heard. And so uh, for me, I think there's probably, you know, smarter people out there who would be able to get into like the intricacies. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Compare and contrast uh, red and folklore. But to me, I, I do feel like while the connections aren't as like, I don't think they're as clear as being able to say like Taylor was, you know, going back to her red days with making folklore. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think there was a, um, she is in kind of this unique space at this current moment. And as she was back then, where like at that time, like she's still just kind of like starting her career and is like at, you know, even though she's had some successful projects, she's sort of like remaking herself. Cause red, I think if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly came after the Kanye incident. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you know, sort of this re- reconstructing of who she is and I think trying to probably let, like, her most true self at that time uh, come through. But also with folklore, I feel like we're getting that as well. Where, like, in the uh, the documentary, she talks about how, like, she's very, uh, you know, throughout her career, she's been, like, very much into, like, people's... Uh, you know, what people say about her and what people think about her mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, almost addicted to other people's approval and like how that's, you know, all she had ever wanted. And ultimately realizing that, like, I think the more that you do that, <laughs> the more that you're like seeking uh, your fans approval and like trying to think through, like, what is it that like they want? And almost like, I think that's where some of that more is more production and like song kind of stuff comes in where Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to throw a whole bunch in there, you know, because like, that's what the fans want. And ultimately realizing like, no, like it's actually, I think your voice is going to come through a lot clearer and your perspective is going to come through a lot clearer uh, when you begin to like strip some of that stuff down. And there's a time and a place for, you know, the loud and the poppy and yeah, yeah. like in your faceness. But uh it feels like with this project and also with red that there are sort of these like kind of I don't know, like shifting shifting perspective, kind of reconsidering like who she is in that moment and how she wants to approach her music in a way that feels it's most true 
to what she's feeling at that time. Mm. Okay. What yeah. were your uh, What were your thoughts on folklore? Um. So when I was looking through the track list when I first opened Spotify, I saw Bon Iver, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. So I was like, okay. If he had like a hand in this album, this might be worth the listening. So I was going through it and there's definitely some songs that I definitely liked a lot. I think um, My Tears Ricochet was a, good, was a good one for me. Um, this is me trying. Yeah. I think I like that. Mad Woman. I like, um, and maybe one more. Um, but yeah, it was definitely interesting listening to, cause I definitely see what you're saying about the strip down and how Taylor's writing is very simple. And I feel like that can be, a, uh, um, you 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 brought it up as a good thing and how it's very it's very hard to do to give simple writing and still deliver a message that fans can like and that can be that can be um that can be brought to a consensus by a whole bunch of people like oh wow I can relate to this and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it can lead to like monotony when listening to songs because sometimes I felt like a lot of these tracks are sounding the same mm. and it kind of like bled together at some points, like where I thought I was on track three. It's like, Oh snap, I'm already on track eight. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought I was like, Oh, I thought there's been more separation. And um, maybe just cause I don't know too much about Taylor or haven't listened to much, too much of her music. So it's hard to like relate to some of the songs or even to see some of the themes there, but it kind of seemed like the, about the same thing, like, oh, past relationship, good summer times, good fall times, past relationship, good spring times, past relationship. Oh, I'm better than my past relationships. So like, I was trying to see, like, okay, so is this a, like a common thing about, like, why why folklore? Is this, why, why folklore? Is it? Well, I think in some of the, And some of the things that I've read about the idea, um, I think in terms of the title, I mean, it, it essentially is like, she is kind of creating like a folk lore, like a folk story here in Mm -hmm. terms of like, uh, because a lot of the songs are actually about like, they're about like other figures in history Mm -hmm. um, and other figures that like, um, you know, her essentially like her life has kind of intersected with their history in a sense. Like Mm -hmm. um, if I'm remembering correctly, I think that like Betty is this woman who like used to like own the house that Taylor Swift now owns Mm -hmm. and like, it's kind of the story of like her and her, her partner or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in terms of the writing, like I think she definitely like was intentional and sort of leaning on some of those, uh, some of those themes of like past relationships and like, 
I, I was thinking. I'm sorry, this is fucked up. <laughs> but like, I was thinking, okay, so she had a, the, um, I feel like she was talking about dreams in one of the songs. So when she, t- when she talked about Martin Luther King, she was. <laughs> Yo. She was drawing parallels. Taylor Swift, our civil rights queen. Yo. Taylor Luther King. <laughs> Okay. I, I, that just came because when you said she's like, like historical figures, I thought like, damn, <laughs> Taylor about to drop a Martin Luther King record. Yo, she might. She might. You know, <laughs> it's not a deluxe, deluxe been, edition. She's been on her political. Ooh, you're right. Oh, if she if she goes for the Malcolm X, yo. She, imagine imagine the imagine the deluxe version releases. Yo, and she's holding the it. she's holding the rifle looking outside <laughs> the window. <laughs> like she's at the front of the she's at the front of the march. Oh my god, arm in arm. Oh my god, <laughs> have you seen the one? Of the, you talk about the one of like Martin the King, right? Uh huh. So an edited Chief Keef. <laughs> no, <laughs> I have seen the uh, the picture where they have like it's like uh, one of those black and white images and it's like MLK, Malcolm X, <laughs> Nelson Mandela, and Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Why? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yo. No. no. I don't know why. It is this fuck Trump in the back. Man, <laughs> way ahead of their time. Right. They already knew. Oh man. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I do think there's I do think there's something to be said though mm-hmm. for uh I forgot who I was talking about this with, but I think there's something to be said for like this being a COVID-19 quarantine record and like how that uh how that affects like just the the vibe of the the album essentially. Mm-hmm. Like Cause if I'm looking, if I'm looking at sort of the start of quarantine, uh, the Dua Lipa album came out, which was oh. like, yo, shout out. I was hoping, real. I was hoping we'd talk to her. <laughs> I was hoping we'll talk about her. Oh, we talk about her because when we talk about white queens, <laughs> Oof, she is mine. It. Speak on it. <laughs> this woman is amazing. It's just an absolute. Just, just menace. The things I would do for Dua Lipa <laughs> is immeasurable. Koku acting up. I'm acting. I'm about to start acting up. And like she was born like a week after me too. Oh, stop it! Damn, it's on site. I'm, I'm telling you, the things I would do for Dua Lipa. <laughs> She's got a laundry list of things she needs done, bro. I would do them all. Do them all. Get all the groceries. I, I was watching an interview and she said her first concert she went to was a, a G Unit concert. Yes. The 50 Cent. Do I a leap in, do a leap I, in the crowd, just getting down to Tony Yayo. Yo. I'm a P I M P G E N G S T E R. <laughs> yes. I, that's when I knew. That's when oh, I knew. Man. I was like, okay. I, I bought I bought 
a couple of white tees. I was like, oh, you yes. like you, you like G Unit, huh? I like G Unit, huh? <laughs> I got you. Yo, my name is Young Buck. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. What up? Yeah. But like Dua Lipa, she drops like a quintessential just like album of pop bangers. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, a lot of people were looking at it as being like very uh, kind of just escapist for like mm-hmm. where we were at that time because like a lot of artists had sort of delayed their drops or whatever because they were like you know the music industry is so different right now like we can't tour these records we mm-hmm. can't uh, you know we can't do the typical things that we would do when we release and Dua Lipa was like. I'm going to drop anyway. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a great album. And then uh, Lady Gaga, uh, a few months later, released uh, released her project, Chromatica, which mm-hmm. like just based off the single alone, uh, that, that joined with Ariana Grande, like it's, uh, you know, very, just like very pop. Like mm-hmm. it's a dance record. Uh and another one of those sort of escapist moments. And then sort of on like the second, in this like kind of second wave of quarantine that we're in, if I can call it that, like you get a Phoebe Bridgers record, you get this Taylor Swift record, which are like very much like, I want to be in a dark room. I want to cry. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I want to just like, the vibe myself and be in my feels and it's just it's interesting to me just to see kind of like i wonder how uh how aware of that kind of stuff like artists are because even with like the fiona apple record that came out which was like early on in quarantine too like that project was very was very chaotic and she's yeah. like bringing in like you know she used she pretty much kept like any and all like natural sounds that she had and she like recorded it at her house and whatnot so it's been interesting to see like sort of the you know what there is there hasn't been like one answer <laughs> for mm-hmm. what the what the quarantine record looks like at this time i don't think there ever be because we're not all like we're not going through like one feeling so having these right. having these like different types of albums that sound drastically different helps because you know some days in quarantine you may be feeling down but you know that random thursday you just feel charged up like yo right. i'm gonna go for a run i'm gonna paint a picture i'm gonna right. i'm gonna go swimming just all that stuff so right it's great to have that balance between right. different artists yeah nothing feel like there is some like you know i don't want to say that like just like happy-go-lucky dance pop music can be escapist because like I feel like folklore just in terms of the storytelling and like kind of transporting you into these other people's stories like Mm -hmm. that can be very escapist in itself of like kind of letting your imagination run dry of like what these people's uh what these people's lives could have been like like what they could have been feeling so it's uh yeah I'm I mean I'm I'm fascinated by the folks who are just, especially big artists who are like, I'm going to, I'm not delaying my record, but like, since we're in this, like, what does it look like to actually capture the essence of all that is happening right now? Mm -hmm. I also wonder too, like, 
was was some of folklore recorded during this time, like early on, like probably around March? Because I know some artists can, you know, work on a project in like six weeks and have it released right. in the next like seven months after promotion and right. mastering. So it's interesting to think like when did she start with yeah. this? Yeah. And it I mean it sounds like it was recorded in quarantine. Okay. Um what's interesting is that like she didn't have, I mean like she announced this album essentially like the day before it dropped. Okay. So there wasn't like any of the, you know, any of the other stuff that she's had with some of her earlier albums. Yeah, like yeah. for Lover, she did like this big like mural in Nashville that picked up a bunch of press. Like I know that Reputation had like, you know, obviously like it had like singles that came out before it. Mm-hmm excitement around the record and uh you know this one was very much just like yo i made this here you go mm-hmm. which like you know we as we've seen with like you know i think beyonce probably being most notorious mm-hmm. to do something like that it's like uh there is a level of sort of excitement and almost this like immediate rush of intensity yeah. that comes when you do something like that for sure. Um, but you mentioned earlier how folklore kind of transported you. I didn't I didn't feel I didn't feel transported, which is yeah. weird because I try to mu- listen to music as in, in intensively as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like that's why when you sent it to me, you're like, oh, I gotta listen to these both projects. Like, damn, I gotta like take out like a chunk of my day just so, but luckily I was like driving around most of, um, uh, I think it was yesterday when I was listening to it. Yeah. Most of yesterday I was driving around and I went to skate around a little bit and I was listening to it during that too. And there was definitely some, like the songs I mentioned definitely, it was like, Oh wow. I can kind of feel it creeping in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, feel surrounded by it. But like I said earlier, it's like, sometimes like, when I listen to some songs, I get like in a sentimental mood or like nostalgic of times mm-hmm. like I never had before, but can still picture it. And I was trying to get in that mood, but like I couldn't completely get there. Maybe I gotta yeah, listen. Yeah. To, maybe I, I gotta listen to it again because I didn't. I, I I didn't notice that these were like stories like being related to from like a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe that's that's part of it I'm missing that I got. Yeah, it may be. Yeah, and, maybe, and I and I'm, I mean, and we talked about this when Canal was on the podcast. Like, we all listen and engage with art differently, yeah, yeah. and so um, yeah, I I think that uh, for yeah, for myself, I was personally like just kind of knowing her journey up to that point, up to this point, was just like, oh man, like I'm excited for mm-hmm. what could be. Like what could be next? What what this could look like? Because it just knowing how you know colorful <laughs> a lot of her other music was. Yeah, like she had an album literally called Red. That's yeah, that's colorful. Yeah. Like, yes, that's right. colorful. And like <laughs> and like the lover, the cover art's like cover art is like pink, blue, yeah, mm-hmm. cotton candy, rainbow, exactly. Bubble gum. 
like and this is very i mean it's black and oh, white black and white as far yeah. as devoid of color right. you can get yeah and like rather than like her being kind of the like main central figure in the image like she's creeped back and like really small in the image mm-hmm. and like the midst of this like vast you know forest scape and so um you know definitely like it's it's cool to see kind of the the intentional <laughs> like art direction and just positioning of yeah this project and uh you know knowing that i was super excited about like the bonnie bear feature on it yeah. uh and i've never been like a big national fan but i know a lot of folks who are were excited that uh aaron dresner had uh you know had helped produce this project mm. um and so yeah i think there's like there's pieces of it for you know there's there's gonna be a different piece for everybody mm-hmm. in terms of the project uh for me elizabeth and i were we were walking the other day uh there's this uh spot called chocolate cafe that's like mm-hmm a mile away from our apartment. So we walked there and on the way back, Elizabeth hadn't listened to the project yet. And she's a, she's a big Taylor fan. Um, And I was like, she was like, you know, play a few songs. And so as we were walking, it was like starting to hit golden hour too. Mm -hmm. And the album, like (laughs) there were a few songs we listened to, like the one in August, they just like, in kind of in that current moment (laughs) like felt just perfectly fitting for like that you know the that moment and obviously like a lot of times we'll tie music to different moments and so like it became more special Mm. you know because of like kind of what was going on at that time and like uh you know and kind of the sentimentality of it so yeah uh yeah i that's that's super important. Sometimes that moment can shape yeah. how you view an album. For sure. There was one time I was, um, I think like one of the first times I was listening to Anderson Pop, and yeah. I put on Malibu. And for some reason, it was after class. I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk to Panera. This is like a three, four mile walk from my yeah. campus. Right. So I was like, oh, what should I listen to? It's like Malibu. It's about an hour long. That's how long it takes to walk there. Yep. I'm going to put it on and play it. Probably like one of the best times of my life. Yes. Because the yes. sun was shining, good music. Like like that, Like out of everything, like out of probably a lot of the albums I listened to, that's probably like a key yeah. album that I can like relate to a moment that was so special to me. Just because yeah. it was just like, it went hand in hand. Like right, right. That, that moment fit that album. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I did, uh, at the end of last year, I did like this list of 150 albums, uh, of the decade, right? Yeah. Of the decade. I still think insane. I, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> that was a, it was a wild undertaking, mm-hmm. uh, just to be like, how do you even begin to rank? 150 albums i mean like and i had gotten the idea from like pitchfork doing their top 200 or whatever uh but 
every, I mean, like the way that I approached it was like, yo, I, I could care less of like viewing these as like sort of the best songs uh, or like the best albums, because like that's, it, there's no objective best, like it's always going to be subjective. And so really like I, I wanted to base it just off of like my own personal favorites as well as just provide like kind of some context for why these projects mean so much to me. And it was so cool going through that process and just being like, man, like I love uh, Blonde for this reason, or I love like uh, Igor because of this, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I love John Mayer, Paradise Valley, because like of this moment that I had with it where JT and I were riding around our campus, like smoking black and milds, like Mm -hmm. before we were about to, before I was about to graduate and like I wouldn't be in close proximity with with those friends anymore. And so like, uh, yeah, to me, it's like, it's, that's honestly like my favorite way to connect with music and to be able to talk about music with other people is like, nah, I, I mean, we can get into the, you know, the specifics of it and like all the different cool fun facts about that project. And we can get into like sonically why we think yeah, yeah. it's really cool. But to me, like, I would much rather hear like, yeah, this is the memory that I had with this song or, you know, that I had with this person as we were listening to this song. Cause that's, I mean, that's, to me, that's like a bigger marker of how impactful and meaningful music yeah. is. And it's like goes beyond what you can actually like begin to theorize about. Yeah. Because when when artists are making these songs, you're not like quantifying every single aspect right. of it. Like right. this is their subjective personal feeling. So it's only right to rank it by right. your subjective personal feelings. Right. right. It's hard when people make lists and like fight over it. And yeah. Like get really it's like, yeah, like of course there's some artists who are technically yeah. gifted when they're playing piano or guitar or when they're singing, like hitting notes that right. are, are outside the range of human hearing. Right. Those are great things to be able to do. Yeah. And I have the utmost respect for that. But like yeah. that subjectiveness, that that yeah. personal calling, that that heart. Right. Well, you I mean, you asked on Instagram the other day, best hip hop album, yeah, of all time, mm-hmm. and I was th- I thought about it for a while because I it's was hard. like, I was like, yo, there are obviously the like the albums that like hip hop heads come yeah. back to all the time, like Illmatic, Illmatic, Reasonable Doubt, Thirty Six Chambers, just right. Uh, you know, like low end theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was literally Black, Black Star. Yeah, Black on both like, sides with most of Yeah. And yeah. literally, most of the stuff you said, it was like most of the answers. Um, yeah. And that, that question stemmed from Alexander Dreamer, um, yeah, yeah, Jalen. Yeah. He yeah. posed a question Is damn the best album of all time? Which I think is a no. <laughs> I think no, I no. I will unequivocally argue I, against. I would say no. I don't, think it's, the, the best I don't think it's the best Kendrick. It could be your favorite album. It could be, of all time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I kind of just wanted to see what other people ta- thought as well, and like yeah. 
my answer was B. Yeah. And as I was saying it, I realized, like, I think my reasoning for B is, I first, B came out in 2004. Yeah. I was probably around nine. But what I really spent time with it and listened to it was when I was like 15 or 16, mm. my sophomore year of high school. And that's in my formative years. I didn't know how to right. do anything. So right. when I heard B, like he's kind of talking about guys, talking, talking about like being faithful in relationships. He's talking about being like one with your city, but knowing that like all the aspects of the city aren't good, but trying to like yeah. reflect on it. So like I'm taking all this in, in my first period, um, um, like free study class. I'm like, whoa, this is, I'm like taking, making more notes than like actual, yeah, yeah, the actual yeah. class. So I'm like, wow, this, this album like means a lot to me. So I know there's like albums and artists who, who can rap their asses off. This right, like right. fit 800 syllables in, right. in 10 seconds. But like, I guess that comes back to simplicity. Oh shit. <laughs> Am I a Taylor Swift fan? <laughs> Yo, you heard it here. Oh shoot! Damn. <laughs> I, 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 well, I mean, well, that's the. But here's the thing, though, because uh, with like, I mean, there are albums, and like, I'd, I'd be interested to hear like what people answered for, yeah. like, what they thought was the best hip hop album of all time. But like, want to hear, hear some responses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to no Instagram is weird now. Like trying to find your light and comment is weird now. Oh, I don't know if yeah. I don't know if you got the update, but we wary of that, people. <laughs> Be wary. You so sinners. we got <laughs> we got vanilla ice to the extreme. Stop this. Yeah, to Bimper Butterfly. We oh we got we got folklore. <laughs> I put that in. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got victory lap Nipsey Hustle. Um, okay. Good Kid, Mad City, Four Hills Drive, Graduation, Flower Boy, Section 80, Typical Butterfly, Low End Theory, Typical Butterfly, The Score, College yeah. Dropout, Illmatic, Reasonable Doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Like what we... What we I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised that there's a lot of Kendrick. Yeah. I'm not surprised that, you know, obviously the classics mm-hmm. were in there. I'm not surprised by... You know, early Kanye, mm-hmm. uh, and I dropped in there, uh, Flower Boy. Yeah, and for me, I was like, I was like, man, in terms of the the conversation of like best hip hop album of all time, mm-hmm. I was like, there's a lot of really great hip hop albums, and you can make an argument any way or the other for which one's the best for me, my personal best or would be at least among like the top, you know, top five or whatever uh, is flower boy. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Cause like, it's not even my favorite Tyler album, Whoa. but I don't think Igor <laughs> can be classic. Yeah, I can. Yeah. A hip hop album solely. Um, but like, Flower Boy, you have this, uh, you have like, you have this character in Tyler who has essentially been like kind (laughs) of the scorn of a lot of people's worlds for Mm -hmm. a long time because of 
the a lot of the shit that he did when he was younger. Which is fair enough. I feel like Yeah, oh, as, for as sure. A, as a parent, I would be pissed off at times. For sure. If I heard if I yeah. heard what he was saying. Yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. And I I I don't excuse it uh or say like people were wrong for feeling that yeah, way. Yeah, of course. Um he was he was doing it to invoke those feelings. Like he was yes, he still yes. people off. So yeah, he was definitely like it was very much like trying to s- create outrage. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get this like v- <laughs> like mature version of mm-hmm. Tyler uh, that felt like such a contrast to everything else that he had put out. Uh, you know what's on- so funny? It was yeah. so it was such a contrast. People thought he was tro- he was still trolling when right. the album came out. Right. Well, there's I mean like and you get this like. One of the things that I think is really is probably most powerful about that album is that you actually had a hip hop artist who was being like open and willing to engage with his sexuality. Mm -hmm. And like, when has that (laughs) ever happened in hip hop? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't think of a specific example where I'm like, you have a really big artist who is like, you know, actually like being open about like the, what being in the closet looks like, Mm -hmm. like what it means to actually, you know, try and come out of that and engage uh, with, you know, with your sexuality in that way. So mm-hmm. to me, I think like Flower Boy was this, like it played with some of those ideas of gender and sexuality and like in a way that hip hop hadn't really seen before to my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I'm trying to think, not anyone I've I've listened to, because I imagine there's, of course, bunch of artists who for sure sexuality yeah. talked about it i think even like mac i guess macklemore did kind of some level some level but to be as open and free especially about, being a, about your purse yeah yeah black man black just about yeah, to say right i don't think it's ever been done before oh man i'm not gonna right. say ever been done before but it hasn't been done on a mainstream level yeah 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 i mean well yeah i mean it was like just as groundbreaking as uh channel orange was in a sense mm. frank dropped that uh when he released that letter before the mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. and like i mean of course <laughs> there have been queer folks in r&b yeah like of course there have been queer people in pop music but to knowing that like you have this black man who is you know in a way kind of entering into like this peak of his career and sort of his introduction to the mainstream music world being like, yo, this is who I am. Like, and this is my personal, like intimate experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like that's really, I think really shifting. Like it it really, it shifted a lot of stuff for people. And so uh, for me in terms of like, you know, yes, like, I think Equimini is a great album. I think Reasonable Doubt's a great album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I love uh, Low End Theory. I love mm-hmm. that Black Star album. Uh, like, I love the Kendrick projects, and mm-hmm. you know, the 
I love B. I love J. Cole project, but like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in terms of thinking about like, yo, how does, how does music shift? Uh, how could a project like shift the way that we approach <laughs> like humanity mm-hmm. <laughs> in the context of music? Like to me, I, I, while flower boy might be crazy to some, I'm like, I think it's gotta be in the conversation <laughs> at mm-hmm. least, you know? For sure. For sure. I, I didn't, it took me a while to listen to Flower Boy, actually. I don't, I don't think I listened to Flower Boy until after a year it came out. Yeah, it took me It took me a while, too. Because mm-hmm. I didn't remember seeing, like, a bunch of, like, marketing stuff around it or anything. Yeah. Like, I was very engaged in the Igor drop. But, like, Flower Boy, I just kind of happened to, like, I think, stumble upon it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Flower Boy also speaks to, like, once you, like, open up and be free and, like, speak speak your own personal truth. Like there's no, no telling where the limits can take you. Cause right. he got his first single, uh, his first radio single from, from flower boy. Yeah. And, and there's that, uh, Oh man, he's got that line on there about just talking like black kids and essentially like, you know, kind of this whole idea, like black kids be who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, do what you want to do. If you want to dye your hair or like yeah, yeah, any yeah, yeah, shit yeah. like that, like, you know, do what you want to do, be who you are, which I think like is, uh, you know, when I went to uh, his store last year for um, the drop of the Jenny's flavor that he did, like it was so cool to just like, you see the line of people outside the store like the line went way down the street and then like Mm -hmm. around the corner and then around another corner and like each of the kids in that line it's funny because they're a lot of them are like dressed like him (laughs) Tyler could have been in that line and no one would have known right (laughs) (laughs) but you also get this like this group of black brown white kids Asian kids like all these kids are just like so you could tell just like free and like yeah. kind of you know trying to carve out their own space in the world and mm-hmm. uh and so it was it was cool to see like how you know somebody can essentially exemplify that and then like make way for others for sure to find their space in it i feel like on that day alone nine thousand tiktoks were made <laughs> on that line <laughs> you know, there were so many so many sweater vests and uh chains and rings and yeah like loafers (laughs) like yo you're a teenager wearing loafers are you even allowed to buy that you have to be over 50 to buy those you steal those from your father you had to have a you got a fake id it went to kohl's had to had to (laughs) had some kohl's cash (laughs) just doubling that's like <laughs> Coast Cash is like it's like compound interest on your 401k. Facts. Facts. It, it, like check it out. Yo. If you take we, one thing from this podcast, get Coast Cash. Yeah, we we out here on the corner slinging Coast Cash. Yo. If you need Coast Cash for pennies on the dollars, hit us up. Coles. Yeah. If you want us Kohl's. to stop, you better sponsor us cuz sponsor <laughs> sponsor us because we are we are funneling Coast Cash. 
we found a loophole in your system <laughs> through back <laughs> underground channels. Yes, sir. We're coming for you, Coles. <laughs> we coming for Coles. <laughs> oh, man. Don't mess with us. Don't mess with us, corny kings. <laughs> we find a way. Always find a way. So, I feel like we should talk about one thing. Is there anything you want to throw out there? Nah, man. I'm just glad Megan the Stallion's okay. Yes. Yes. That's it. I'm, I'm That's very, it. Yeah. I'm definitely, definitely glad Megan's all right. Yeah. Show much love for Megan, man. For she's real. Been go, she's been going through a lot. And the, going through it. the internet was not helping. No. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. No. But. Not at all. So, glad she's good. Oh, shoot. Uh, J. Cole dropped two, two songs. I haven't listened. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are they good? <laughs> Do you yeah, like them? Yeah, I, I like them. But I was talking to my sister and Kanal that I kind of, I'm growing nostalgic of, you know, Friday Night Lights, J. Cole, and oh. that era, J. Cole. And even though I know, like, artists progress and leave that sound it's 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 not wrong for me to like that era better than this era no no. so i like those songs they were great but you know i'm just getting to the point where it's like damn i kind of miss sometimes you want the warm-up i want the warm-up i want that old thing back Mm. but hey it is what it it is what it is it is what it is (laughs) But shit, I, I feel like is there anything on it? I saw. <laughs> I tried to look for something. <laughs> I, I've seen a. I went to the shade room because they always have something. Oh no! Oh and they, no! And they just have no, a bald no. picture of Rihanna. Why? I, a bald picture of Rihanna, Ashanti, Jordan Woods, Kalani, <laughs> Portia. The new, uh, the new Fenty Fenty skin drop. Ooh, Fenty. Rihanna and ASAP Rocky were in the. Uh, the promo the commercial Lil Nas was in there too. Oh, so did it drop already? Yeah. Oh, it probably sold out. I might need to. I was looking, I was like, yo, might need to snag some. Uh, oh, it launches the 31st. Okay. So we got time. Yeah, I follow oh. this. Uh I follow this girl on Twitter who does their social. Okay. Uh, and I've been like trying to peep everything she's posting because I'm Ooh. like, man. This is this looks like it's gonna be fire. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It's it's great to have skincare for people of the color, because you know when you like when you were you know dealing with acne, mm-hmm. you would turn on the TV and you'll see commercials for like Clear Cell and like um Proactive, and none yeah. of the people none of the people look like me. So I was like, I'm not gonna buy right. it. I'm not I'm not sure right. it's gonna work for me. I'm not sure right. if, if if skin tone has to do with like production of whatever going on, right? My body, the, but the oils. Yeah, I'm not sure, but like I feel like you know, if I saw a little chocolate kid, I might be more inclined to right buy it. Well, I mean, I was watching one of the uh, <laughs> one of the Fenty Skin like video. Some influencer was doing like a video promo <laughs> or whatever, and uh, they they were doing it. And it, I mean, like it looked, it looked cool. Like skin was, skin was glowing. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, yo, this is like what I looked like as like a little boy when my grandma was like 
palm in my face with some Vaseline. <laughs> like, we're just going back to that look. We're going back to it. So, like, should I just start bringing Palming? back the Vaseline? Vaseline? No, like, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you're going to clog yourself up. Um, maybe, honestly, maybe Vaseline's a cure. I don't know. Yo, hey, if you, if anybody's listening to this and knows knows some good Vaseline skincare treatments, <laughs> hit us up. Let us reach know. Reach out. Reach out. We're trying to be glowing this summer. We're trying to get sponsored by Vaseline. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end goal. Wow. Yo, young, young butterball babies. Yo. <laughs> Vasil- Vaseline, please. That's it. Please, we'll do anything. You want to see Koku faces of Vaseline? Oh, imagine see, how hilarious would that be <laughs> if we're on Vaseline? Does Vaseline even have an Instagram? They have to. Hold up. In this day and age, they everyone has this. A, right. The brand is strong. That, yeah, they got a they got an Instagram. How's it looking? It's shiny. It's blue. <laughs> Hella blue, just like Vaseline. Oh, oh man. It is shiny. Yeah, we, we got Regina King on there. Yeah, they're, they're definitely catering to <laughs> boondocks. <laughs> Us black folks are deep on this Instagram page. Yeah, we are. I'm not sure. That might just be because they're trying to, you know. I mean, it looks like they've been. Yeah, they've been deep. They've been deep on yeah. it. Okay. They've been about it for a minute. Okay, Vaseline. Shut up, Vaseline. Hey, an ally. True, true. All right, yeah. Thank you for your support. So, Vaseline, hit us up. Yo, shiny skin matters. Shiny skin matters. Well, I guess on that note, (laughs) this was another episode (laughs) of the Alex Koku podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We didn't have a guest. We usually usually announce that we don't have a guest. Yeah, y'all, y'all are still waiting. Yeah, I'm still waiting. <laughs> like, oh, all right. shit. we did have a guest. We he's been on mute the whole time. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> y'all, are like, man, we just gone. It's an hour. I want some change in. The guests will come in soon. Oh, they're pissed. Oh, oh, and they have Vaseline. Oh, shoot. Yeah, Vaseline and Cole's cash. Damn. Sorry. Sorry, guest. That's our bad. We got we got caught up. We'll unmute them next time. Yes. Yeah. Are, are you down to? They shook their head. Yes. They they coming on next time. They coming on next. Sorry. Time. Y'all stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, episode fourteen. Fourteen. This is the the Taylor Swift episode. Shout out Taylor Swift. Thank you for listening to the Taylor Swift podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about um her childhood crush on the next episode. So get ready. And honestly, uh, big shout out to Koku for letting me wax poetic. On oh, yes. Folklore. Yes. Uh, I, <laughs> I knew this was going to be an Alex-specific episode. He's, I was very excited. He sent me an Instagram message of someone asking, can you guys talk about this in the next episode? And I put out a poll as well. Of should we talk about it? And ninety three percent of the poll said yes. I was so, tempted to put on a poll on my page because I feel like we have like we might have like little differing. I think we have differing. Yes, we do. We do. But so, uh, you know, 
It happened. It happened. So we listened to the fans. Uh, yes. We we listen to our listeners. So yes. thanks we for rocking this, with us. We say this every week. Give us suggestions. And it will come true. Yes, for real. Tell us what tell us what you want to hear, who you want us to talk to. Uh we'll, we'll talk about literally anything. Anything. Have you, have you heard our bass episodes? We talk about like anything. <laughs> Yo, we will talk about tube socks. Just just give me the time and place. I'll talk about tube socks. I'll talk about tube socks any day. I actually uh last thing I'll mention is as a as a youth, Ooh. as a youth in high school, I made a mixtape uh called Tall Tees and Tube Socks. And I went by the moniker Young Koala Man. That's the news. That's the T. Yeah. <laughs> Young Koala Man. Bow bow. Oh wow. That is news to me. Yeah. I went on to Datpiff. To no. see if the project was still there. And all of the songs have get errors except for like one. What? So, Why? I don't know. Shit. So if you all uh I'm this right now. are curious, you know, there is one one young koala man song that is still out there. And the fact it's on that piff is even more funnier. Oh, we're out here. Oh shoot. <laughs> I, I searched up Young Koala Man, that piff, and the first thing that came up was Angry Young Man Mixtape. <laughs> I do not want to listen to that one. Yeah, it's probably just yelling. It's Tyler. <laughs> oh, snap, it is Tyler. Huh. But, <laughs> yes, I'm Koku Asamoa. You can find me on Instagram at K-E-N-I-S-A-M-O-A. Oh, Speaking of mixtapes, I Ooh. am dropping an EP. Plug that. I'm going to plug it real quick on Bandcamp. Um, it's going to come up on Bandcamp first because there's going to be a bonus track once you download it. Oof. It's going to be completely free, so you can download it. Then the following week, it's going to be on SoundCloud, but it won't have the bonus track. If you want that bonus track, go to Bandcamp. Get on Bandcamp. Get on Bandcamp. What's now, it called? What's it called? called the, the, the project is called Record, R-E-K-O-R-D. Period. Period. That's going to be on my Instagram bio, or you can go to kennysnowa.bandcap.com when it drops August 3rd. Boom. Damn. 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 That's all I got to say. Sheesh. I am done. I'm finished. Yo. I'm finished and done. Sheesh. Are y'all finished or are y'all done? I'm both. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm Alex. I got nothing to plug, so uh, download you, download record, yo. Nah, you play that young koala. Plug that young oh, koala. Yeah. <laughs> yo, go uh, check out check out that young koala man. Uh, Tall tees and tube socks. That piff. Tall tees uh, and tube recorded socks. in uh, two thousand eleven, I believe, maybe twenty ten. Uh, there's one song remaining, so uh, <laughs> peep that. But uh, if you want to listen to something better and with more quality <laughs> and actually going to enrich your soul check out Koku's record on Bandcamp oh. get that bonus track and uh 
Thanks for rocking with us. I'm Alex Same. Lewis. I'm at Lewis Alex Ten on Instagram, and uh, you know, we out here. We out yes. here. Peace. Peace. <laughs>